0: Hey, beautiful friends, welcome to The Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests, as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Hey, hey, welcome to um, The Saver Podcast. We are today going to be finishing up this little mini-series that we did on uh, using verses in, in different contexts, and maybe not exactly what the scripture meant in that. Um, so Stacy has something really good for us today, but before we get started, Stacy, just tell us a little bit, because we missed last month. Yeah. Grace and peace to us. Thank you all for still loving us. Um, what's been going on with you? Well, um, so I
1: have actually been in the process of lamenting the end of summer and trying to rejoice in the routine of the new school year. Mm-hmm. If you know me, you know that I live for the summers and I come August every year, I go through a little bit of a depression because I hate when summer ends. I think my kid's in that season too right now. Yes. Actually, he and I have talked about it. I've I've questioned him. Yeah. Are you sure that this commitment to going to school five days a week is really worth it? No.
0: His answer is no. I know.
1: I know. I'm sorry. It is worth it, Drew, if you're listening. It's totally worth it. Oh, he's
0: totally not listening.
1: No, he's not. (laughs) I don't blame him. I wouldn't either if I was a 15-year-old boy. No, I would be bored to death. Yes. So I've been through that process and then most recently in the last couple of weeks it's been a a real season of loss Um, we will be attending our third funeral this Saturday for three weeks in a row Uh, we have lost a couple of good friends and um, we will be celebrating a a precious woman who lived to the ripe old age of 94 this Saturday but it really has been even though I know death is a reality um, It's been hard to process, and so actually, I'm going to get away for a 24-hour retreat with the Lord this week, and I'm looking forward to that. I just need to press into Him, and I've got to get away from the laundry and the dishes and all of the things that distract me, and for me, I just need to get away. So I'm going to go just an hour or two down the road and um, take my Bible and open my heart to the Lord and let him do some ministry for me. So I'm looking forward
0: to that at the end of the week. I love that. I think that um, we were talking and I said, you know, Jesus often in Scripture, it says he retreated to a quiet place. And I said, goodness, if Jesus needed to do it, then we certainly need to do it. And I think um, probably a lot of people who are listening, whether you're single or married, we all have busy lives and just taking that time out, We went to a conference this weekend and we talked a lot about rhythms. And um, one of the things um, that they talked about was like getting in your rhythms as to what do you do daily, what do you do weekly, what do you do monthly? And so I decided I'm gonna say it here so you guys can hold me accountable. Um, Once a month, I'm gonna try really, really hard just to go sit at the beach for like an hour or two, whatever my day will hold. If I'm lucky, I'll fall asleep too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jesus' disciples fell asleep. I mean,
1: actually, we just were talking last night. They fell asleep during the transfiguration. Go read it in Luke. It's crazy. They actually slept through part of the transfiguration.
0: Listen, I know. So if I fall asleep while I'm talking to God, I'm in good company. That's
1: right. That's right. I love that idea of trying to do that monthly. Uh, I've also been working on Sabbath. So for those of you who don't attend Crosstown, we just finished up a series called Plotline and my husband actually gave the sermon one week on Sabbath. And so when your husband is the one doing it, you sort of kind of got to make sure you're listening. And um, so he and I have been working really hard on trying. We've started Sabbathing together from Friday afternoon to Saturday afternoon. And so that is a weekly rhythm that we have been putting in place. It's been hard. It's been a challenge but I do love that idea and to think about doing some monthly rhythms as well. And Mm -hmm. since we live right here on the coast, we should be able to
0: get to the beach once Yeah. And maybe the beach isn't your place. That's just, I I love the beach. So
1: me too. The beach is my place, but you know, maybe your backyard is your place. It's not far enough away from all my stuff for me. I've got to get physically away from my Space where there's chaos and clutter and dirty dishes and
0: <laughs> that's vegetables gonna sitting say. on the counter. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. If I go in my backyard, I'd be like, "Man, I really need to clean this up. I need to cut this down." Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: That's why I have to kind of get away from my space. So that's good. That's good. Well, then I guess we will. Um, oh, Suzanne, I wanted to ask you what's going on
0: with you right now. Ah. Uh, uh, well, since I already specifically know what you want me to say, <laughs> <laughs> not
1: that we pre-talked or
0: anything, um, what Stacey's referring to is just on um, on my Instagram. I've been doing I think this is only like the second or third week, but a verse of the week. So I've been in a little bit of a busy season um, in my life, just caretaking, working, um, having, wanting to do ministry stuff, and. So, I had not been in the Word as much, and it really does affect me um, and my mood and my hope and all of those things. So, I remembered back many, many years ago, we actually saw you at this conference, but I wasn't with you. It was a Beth Moore and Priscilla Schreier conference or something in Atlanta. Do you remember going? Yes. Yes. It's so weird because we didn't I mean we knew each other but we didn't like hang out or anything and you guys were sitting I think right behind it was me and Julie and Terry and then there was like three or four of you yes in this massive auditorium and you guys were were sitting on the row behind us yes that is crazy
1: I totally forgot about that what don't you love how the Lord does little things like that
0: so side note that's total side note but um, they talked about and I had um, two children at home then one being a toddler and um, I think Priscilla talked about, you know, just putting on your note card a verse and put it around your house in strategic places and you can just kind of ruminate ruminate on that throughout the day. So I took that and I said, I'm going to do that through the week. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to share this because I know a lot of women who are in really busy seasons and not able to spend time in the Word. And I think we get caught up in this idea that if I'm going to have quiet time or spend time in the Word, it has to be this long thing. I have to read six chapters or I have to do it for 30 minutes exactly. And I think that that's a, that belief is a lie that keeps us from getting the word into our heart. And so just kind of sharing that with women and trying to encourage them in one verse a week to kind of ruminate on. And sometimes I'll talk about other verses that relate to that, but just kind of doing that. So that's what I'm doing on Instagram and it's, um, it's good.
1: Yeah. I love it. I love to see it. I, so For those of you who don't know me, I am terrible at social media, absolutely terrible at it. I do believe it's part of Suzanne's spiritual gifting. She doesn't really think that because she has this love hate relationship (laughs) with it. But if you don't follow her on Instagram, you need to follow her on Instagram because I do believe it's an area that is so encouraging. And as I have gone through and looked at it, it's encouraged me too and reminded me, like you said, um, I'm in a season where I can spend more time in the Word because I I have only one child at home, and he's a boy, so they don't talk a lot. You guys are totally different than girls. And um, I do have that that time, but I've just been encouraged by seeing what you're doing on Instagram. So if you guys don't follow her, you should totally check it out. (laughs) Good.
0: So what verse are we going to be looking at today?
1: So we are going to be in Matthew chapter 18 today. Um, If you are out running or you're folding laundry or cooking or driving in the car, then you will not be able to follow along with us in your Bible. But if for some reason you are unlike me and you listen to podcasts and sit and listen to your podcast, which I never do, but if you do, then pause it, go grab your Bible and come back. If not, just listen, I'm gonna read to you. I always listen to podcasts and they talk about uh, specific verses sometimes in some of the ones I listen to, but they never read them. And I'm like, I don't know what Matthew 18, 19 says. Please read it to me. So just bear with me for a second, ladies. I'm gonna read a couple of verses out of Matthew 18 and we're gonna look at it. We're gonna focus on Matthew 18, 19 and 20. Those are verses that I guarantee, if you have been in a church service, if you have gathered in Bible study, if you've gathered with other people, you have heard these verses spoken and quoted, but we want to take a deeper look at them. You know, we're finishing up our series about misquoted verses. You know, we love to say we can use any verse. I can do all things through any verse quoted out of context. Um, But I really want us to hear this in context today and kind of slow down and talk about the depth of the meaning of this verse. So if we say anything, please don't hear us saying, oh, you should never use that verse this way, or just say those two verses. What I'm trying to do, what our aim is today, is to get you to see the fullness um, and a deeper meaning of the verse than maybe the way we've used it. So not that it's misquoted or quoted out of context, we just want to put it in the richness of what was happening at the time. So Matthew 18, Jesus At the beginning of the chapter, Jesus' disciples come to him and they say, hey, who is going to be the greatest in the kingdom of
0: God? And um, I mean, you know, why not, right? I mean, isn't that such a us thing? Oh, yeah. Not like me and Stacy, of course. Oh, of course. No, of course it's not (laughs) No, I just mean like, it's just kind of like the culture that we live in, like self- uh, it's all about self, which yes. is so not what Scripture says,
1: right? Yeah. And and it's so not what the power of Jesus Christ did either. Right. Um, he was not about self. He came to serve, Clearly. right? He gave his life up for us, and he knew that all along. So they come to him, and they're like, "Hey, who's the greatest among us?" And Jesus brings this child and says, "You know, you must humble yourself like this child." And then Jesus starts talking about how if anyone causes this child to sin or to stumble, it's better to tie a millstone around your neck and be drowned in the depth of the sea um, than to lead one of my little ones astray. And I love that Jesus refers to us as his little ones Mm -hmm. because I see myself as a grown middle-aged woman who's independent But Jesus sees me as his child. He sees me as his little one. Mm -hmm. And I just love that picture. And then Jesus goes on to tell um, the story of, you know, if the shepherd has— hundred sheep and he's got his 99 but one is lost won't he leave the 99 to go after that one and I think again he's just painting this picture of he is going to be with us always and that brings us to what we're going to be talking about so I am in Matthew 18 I'm going to start in verse 15 and I'm going to read through verse 22 and I'm reading out of the ESV if your brother sins against you "'Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone.'" And by the way, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. "'If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. "'But if he does not listen, "'take one or two others along with you, "'that every charge may be established "'by the evidence of two or three witnesses. "'If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. "'And if he refuses to listen even to the church,' Let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Hold on to that. We'll come back to that just to give a little explanation in a minute. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy seven times. Times And then Jesus goes in and tells them a parable. Um, so a lot going on in that. And I think for me, the big thing that I have heard and, and hear a lot is verses 19 and 20. And those are when he says, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And then in verse 19, it starts with, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among you. Verses 19 and 20 get kind of plucked out of the bigger story of what's going on here. And I think, Rightfully so, they can be used that way. As a matter of fact, we were actually supposed to record this a couple of weeks ago, and we did not. And then I went home, and I am in the middle of a 31-day intentional prayer in alignment with God's will. And I sat down that day to start reading um I'm in the Gospel of Matthew, and I happened to be in Matthew at 18 that day, and so I was reading it, and even one of my favorite Bible teachers, Beth Moore, is writing this, and she talks about um, Matthew 18 is home to words with immense meaning to us in our prayer initiative, and she quotes, and again, truly, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree, and she quotes the verse, and I thought, wait a second. Is it okay to quote that verse outside of church discipline? Because originally I'm like, well, this verse only has to do with church discipline. And I am not saying that. Please don't hear me say that. Yes, it is in that rich context of what's going on. But I do think it's okay to use that verse to encourage us. And I think like um, in my devotion that day, she was talking about how the crucial phrase is in my name. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. But one of the things that... Stood out to me before I kind of talk about the one thing that really stood out. Just in case you're new to reading scripture, when it talks about in verse 17, Jesus is saying, hey, if they refuse to listen, tell the church. And then if he still refuses to listen, even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. If you're new to reading scripture, that's going to mean nothing to you because it's weird. So Gentiles are non-Jewish people. So, Suzanne and I are Gentiles because we are not Jewish people. And at this time when Jesus was ministering, the Jewish people thought that the Messiah was going to come for only the Jewish people. And so there was a huge divide between the Israelites, the Jewish people, and the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles. And so when Jesus came and basically was like, hey listen, this gospel, that's going to save you, it's for the Jews and the Gentiles. And so it began this stir up. But when Jesus is referring to this, he's speaking to a primarily Jewish audience, and to them, Gentiles, there was no hope. And then tax collectors were just like the morally corrupt, bankrupt, wicked people. There is no, when we talk about tax collectors in the New Testament, I've so often tried to figure out what is that like for us in today's context to help us understand the depth of what the derogatory term was for tax collector. And it is almost next to impossible to find a person today that you would be like, oh, that's what they thought of. But to the Jewish people, the tax collectors were the most morally bankrupt people that they knew because it would be Jewish people who are stealing from their own people to give to the Roman government because at this time, the Jews were under Roman rule and that's what they were looking for, the Messiah to come and save them out of this oppression from the Roman government. But some Jewish people had sold out to the Roman government and they were stealing from their own people. And so there was just this. So when Jesus is saying, let them be to you like a Gentile and a tax collector, he's saying, let them be to you like an outsider, not in the body of Christ, and let them be to you like the morally corrupt
0: and the bankrupt. Yeah. So, so like if you work at H and R Block, this isn't for you. This is very specific to uh, this time period, and you know the swindlers, yes. the swindlerness, the swindlerness of, of tax collectors. Then it would be like me. Purposely going, I mean, for a loose analogy and taking advantage financially of maybe the people of Crosstown for the benefit of some other cult and, yeah, and <laughs> some you, other evil people. I mean, that's if, if you want to read about the Romans, you'll figure out they were pretty evil um, and also benefiting myself in that. So. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so I think a lot of times when I've read Tax Collector, though, I've thought about the IRS. Because, I mean, y'all don't like paying taxes, do you? I mean— Well, that's the context of our culture. Right. And as we're going to see with another thing that stood out to me, when you read Tax Collector, do not think IRS. It's not big government. Because our taxes actually, no matter how you feel about them, our taxes actually go to provide schools and roads and military and all kinds of protection. That is not what those taxes were being taken from the Jewish people to do. It was— basically making the rich richer and without very little protection or benefit to them. So yeah. the uh, just kind of a little brief side note on that. But the other thing that stood out to me when I was reading and studying this passage is first that Jesus is the one that is talking here, and I, and I love that. And he is, is talking about church discipline. And I think church discipline is something we don't really talk about a ton and what it looks like. If you have ever had a conflict at church, then someone may have said, well, let's appeal to the Matthew 18 conflict resolution. Um, I have heard that spoken of. I have been in conflict with other people in the church before. And it's, well, let's take it to the Matthew 18. And what they're referring to here is the steps that Jesus lays out. And he does lay out and he says, hey, if your brother sins against you, Tell him that, like go to him and you guys try to work it out. And if he listens to you, then you've gained your brother in that. But if he doesn't, then you need to take two or three others along with you so that every charge is established in the mouth of um, multiple witnesses. And that actually comes from an Old Testament law out of Deuteronomy. There are a couple of places, actually. I think it's Deuteronomy 19.15 talks about that, and Deuteronomy 17.6 both kind of talk about this idea that Um, any charge against one of our brothers or sisters must be done with two or three other people. Um, And so kind of he's talking about that. But then Jesus goes on and starts talking about the church. And that stood out to me when I was reading through this slowly because I started thinking about it. And I was like, well, wait a second. When I hear the word church, I think about going to church on Sunday morning. I think about what we have in our current culture in 2022 of what the church looks like. It streams online. I can listen to the podcast. I can go on a Sunday morning. There's a guy on stage preaching. That is not what Jesus was talking about. First of all, most historically, the church of Jesus Christ was birthed in acts and we see the outpouring of the holy spirit on the day of pentecost and that's really kind of where the initiation of the church the first century church was born what jesus is referring to is the community of people so that word church just meant the gathering the assembly the congregation and for the jewish people their church that jesus is referring to is the community that they lived in so for us today, it's not necessarily take it before the church, everybody, you know, all 500 people at your church. It's who are those people that you do life with? And you need to ask yourself that question. Do you have brothers and sisters in Christ that you do life with? The reason Jesus says then let them be an outsider to you like a Gentile and a tax collector is because if they got separated from their church, their life pretty much was over. The church at that time really depended on community with one another. They shared everything. They did everything together. They lived very communal, which I don't think we do a whole lot of today,
0: really. I don't think we value um, community the way that we used to for a lot of different reasons. And some of it is honestly the busyness that we have ourselves in in our life. But definitely I think... Um, community is a gift in ways we don't even think about it.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And this is one of them. Absolutely. Because I think being in community with other people, um, it just kind of helps keep my boundaries in place. Mm -hmm. If I have other women in my life that are walking in alignment with God's Word and seeking God, I can come to them and they can speak into my life, I can speak into their life. I know you and I have the blessing of that in our friendship, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. And so I think it's interesting to think about that when, we, when we're when we reading this. And then uh, the reason it stood out is because he does, Jesus says, you know, early on, if If your brother doesn't listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established. And then when he jumps down to 19, the first word says, Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, I believe the reason he starts with the word again is because he's reminding you that he read up there, hey, take two or three with you. You have to be walking in community, in relationship with other people that you can take with you, that know you, that know the people that you're around and know that situation. But a lot of times we will hear, verses 19 and 20 kind of plucked out, and we forget that it says, again, I say to you, we just hear, we love the part, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. And listen, I want to stand on that verse. And Jesus said it, Mm -hmm. but we want to know the richness of what Jesus is saying to us. He's not just saying, hey, you know, Suzanne and I are going to get together and we are going to agree that we're going to make a million dollars next year. Suzanne, let's go. Let's get together. I will together. Stand on that promise. <laughs> well, <unfortunately, laughs> That's not a promise of
0: God. <laughs> nope, it is
1: unfortunately not. And so when you're looking at it and you see that, you have to think about the richness, the depth, and the fullness of what he's saying. And so don't forget that he's saying again. And I think what Jesus is pushing them to understand is that he is there in their midst. And it goes on to say in verse 20, where two or three are gathered in my name. That word gathered is different than the word church that he used earlier. The word church earlier can be translated and was translated as the gathering, the congregation. When he says where two or three are gathered in my name, that is actually the picture of gathering fish in a net, like bringing them all together and being connected together. And so when we're gathered in his name, and so what does that look like to be gathered in the name of Jesus? Sometimes Suzanne and I get together with other women and we're all Christians, we're all followers of Christ but we're not necessarily gathered in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) There are times, and it's not that we're sinning. I don't mean that. I just mean we're not gathered in the name of Jesus. We're just hanging out together, sitting by the pool or, you know, going to a movie or shopping. Yes, we're gathered together, but we're not gathered in the name of Jesus. When we gather together in the name of Jesus, there are certain things that that looks like, like we press in to pray. We listen to him. We're worshiping him. We're speaking of gratitude. So that is a little bit different than just being gathered with other believers. There's power in that. And I love that he says to them, um, when you're gathered there in my name, there I am among them. And I think the other thing to keep in context and understanding when you're looking at the scripture is, If you're having to deal with a difficult situation, if there is a conflict, if someone has sinned against you and you're trying to work that out and you're trying to work that out biblically, I think Jesus is saying, listen, you need to come together with a couple of other people in my name and I will be there with you because I am the standard. I am holy. I am the only one who is holy and you are only holy because I've made you holy. And so I think sometimes we need to understand the depth of that, that this is really a promise of Jesus to be with us even in difficult times. But a lot of times this verse will get quoted or used as, well, where two or three agree and we're gathered in his name, then he's there and he's going to give us anything we request. And we feel like it's a an ability to go ask for big, bold things. And I'm not saying it's not, I'm saying if you look at it in the richness and the depth, it's to really show you, hey, I am sovereign. That means I have all control, all authority. I know everything, and I have all the power, and you will see my power in those challenging times rather than, well, we're going to pray it together in agreement, and we're going to believe it. I'm not telling you not to do that. I'm just saying this verse is more in-depth than that. And then um, in 2 Corinthians 13, 1 Let me flip over there real quick, just kind of the Apostle Paul actually talks about this a little bit when he's writing to the Corinthians and he's actually kind of being a little bit harsh with them because in, in 2 Corinthians 12, I think he's talking about some of the concerns that he has for the church and he identifies some of the sinful patterns that have been going on in the church at that time. And so in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, he actually says, um, Every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. I've warned those who sinned before and all others. I warn them now while absent, as I did on my second visit. And then he goes on to say, Since you seek the proof that Christ is speaking in me. And so again, I think he's alluding to the fact that we can see the evidence of Jesus Christ in, in us when we are gathered in community and we see a power that surpasses our ability for understanding and that's when we see conflict resolution done really well uh, and honoring to God, that is nothing short of a miracle in my opinion. When you get two women, I'm just, listen, we're all ladies, we're all, when you get two women together who have some jealousy or strife or envy, which we do because we're human and we live in a fallen state, and yet they can have healthy conflict resolution, that is the power of Jesus Christ. That is what you see in that, and that is how the name of Christ is glorified when we come together. So those are kind of just some thoughts on that verse.
0: Yeah, I um, <clears throat> kind of like thinking in it of this too, just in, in the whole bigger picture, that um, that should give you some courage to know that, hey, God is with me in this that I need to have this conversation because if you're like me, I don't and I mean I don't think anybody does, but like enjoys these conversations. Um, especially when it's with your church. So your gathering of people, your people, your community, people you love, basically. Uh so I wanted to give, um I'm just trying to think of maybe a practical example to give and what this might look like for women. Um and again, I think we have to remember that this is within the context of your sisters in Christ. So if it's not a sister who's in Christ, it's a whole different ball game, which we kind of talked about on another episode about judge, judging rightly. So you can go back and listen to that if you want to hear more about that. But so... Um, Let's, this is just a purely an example this is not a true thing This <laughs> is made up It's totally made <laughs> up completely made up if you hear nothing else this is completely made up and chris if you're listening this is completely made up um, <laughs> but let's say um you know stacy is having what i would say maybe um toying with an inappropriate relationship with somebody um at work not at the church but like because <laughs> i don't work at the church in this, this made up example in this made up example she <laughs> I'm is a florist. she's a florist And so, there's a guy who comes in all the time to get some flowers for, I don't know. Anyway, we're just taking the story way out (laughs) of it. My point is, and she's sharing some of this, and maybe she's not recognizing that it's inappropriate because Stacy's married. Um, So, you get the picture. You're having what's toying with. Mm -hmm. Maybe you haven't haven't crossed a line. A, a physical line. yeah. Um, and so as her friend, I want to go to her and I want to say, hey, Stacey, I'm really kind of worried about this. And this is why, because I love you. And and it, and I love going back to the verse saying, if she doesn't listen, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the word listen was mm-hmm. said about five or six times, I feel like, just oh, in yeah. that verse. So oh, when yeah, words are sure. repeated like that, I really like to hold on to that. Um, if she's not listening Then in prayer, I'm going to be like, Lord, you know, what can I do about this? And it says, maybe I bring along one of other of our community who's walking um, through life with her. And we say, we sit her down and we together say, can we pray about this with you? And so it's just about, um, I think, bringing people into that, right? And trying to help you see what maybe you can't see and see the dangers and the pitfalls. It's because we love you. Yes. If we didn't love you, I'd be like, go do your thing, girl. You know, right. do you boo live yeah. your best life, whatever it is, you know, live your truth, Stacey. Yes. Um, and so I think that that is what we can see in that too, is that gives me courage. Yes. In that to know that I love you enough. I want to bring your, this other woman who loves you enough to sit down with you and say, listen, this is going on and I love you. And I know that God is in that.
1: Yes. So
0: I, think I feel that- like that's a, gives me courage in that i love
1: that and i think that is such a good practical example of seeing the richness of what this verse is really trying to communicate to us is that we do need first of all to recognize we have to have community we have to have a gathering of people who do life with us and if we don't have them we feel isolated and alone and separated. So please hear me, if you are a woman listening to this and you don't have that community and you feel isolated or you feel alone or you feel like no one really knows you, please, please, please reach out to us email us, text us, send us a DM, wave your flag. We want to come alongside of you and we want to help you get into community because it is so important. And I think coming out of the pandemic, it has been so easy for us to self-isolate. It is time to stop isolating. It is time to draw near to God's people in community. And there's a richness in that because... I get clouded in situations and I need other women to be able to say, "Hey, I can see this from a vantage point that you can't see right now." And I love like you said the word listen stands out over and over again. And in the very if you go back to 15, it says, "If he listens to you, you have gained your brother." There is a beautiful beautiful positive announcement that's being made there. If he listens to you, you have gained him. That means that your relationship is even stronger. And there have been conflicts with other believers that I have walked through and that have been handled rightly and biblically. And it has made me more fond of them. It has made me trust them more. It has made me rely on them more. And I think that's what he's saying there, that you have gained your brother. Now, if they don't listen to you, It's when you go and get one other person or two other trusted people and you come together in prayer like you said. And I just think that's so important. And it is so easy to do TV church, church online, to listen to your podcast and not actually be connected in community. And yet you feel okay because, well, I listened to that podcast about that verse today, or I read a verse today, or I did my quiet time today. Yes, do all of those things. But scripture also tells us, I think it's an Acts: do not neglect meeting together. It is so vitally important to meet together.
0: Which I think is one kind of goal that we have of of this podcast, which we kind of don't talk about a lot um, or haven't had the opportunity in what we've been talking about or whatever, but is to really um, try to use the podcast to enhance or enrich the community that you have or or may not have. And so one of the things we always say, like if you listen to, I don't know if it's the intro or the outro or all that, because I forget all these technical names for podcasting stuff. But it is to, to listen to this with somebody or say, hey, I'm gonna listen to this episode. Will you listen to it? And then let's get together and have coffee and um, or, or whatever, but to really talk about it um, together. And, and then that can open up doors of conversation uh, that you may not easily walk through without a prompt, so to speak.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We kind of talked about this a little bit um yesterday when we were talking about the podcast and just FYI, you guys were trying to do more than one a month.
0: So Which is so funny because we literally have missed two months at one a month.
1: <laughs> grace
0: and peace. Grace and peace, right? <laughs> I mean that literally to you and to me.
1: Um but I I was kind of talking to Suzanne about it and I said, you know, I feel like I have spiritual obesity when it comes to listening to podcasts, because I am a podcast girl, I love listening to podcasts. I can't get enough podcast, and I usually listen to podcasts about um, scripture or the Bible or theology or my faith or you know how cultural issues affect my biblical thought process. But what I mean by spiritual obesity in that is I just consume, 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 consume. But unless I'm consuming that information and then digesting it and sharing it with another person, that may be a really gross analogy. <laughs> You're like a
0: bird where you like eat it, ruminate it, and it like regurgitate it. it, yeah, whatever, and it uh, eats it from yeah. the, yeah, that's yeah. disgusting. But you guys get the point.
1: right? We don't mean it like that, we mean like, a good a good meal. Savor it like a good meal with a friend, though. Uh, and so I, I think that is one of the aims of this podcast, is not for you just to listen to this. Yes, we want you to do that, but our heart's desire is for you to grow more in love with Jesus by growing in more in love with Jesus' people, His church, His bride, which He is coming back for one day. Hallelujah.
0: <laughs> yes, hallelujah. So we actually today have a really good... Recipe, right to share. Stacy and Chris—they are one thing that they do, and they do so beautifully. Um, They definitely have a gift of of hospitality, and they do um, dinners for this young group. It's kind of developed into this young people small group, and by by young people, I mean like (laughs) twenties. I mean, I identify. You said earlier you identified as a middle-aged woman. I mean, I identify as like a thirty-year-old woman. So. Well, I would like to, but my body tells me. <laughs> well, a that's different what story. we get to do now, right? Like just <laughs> trick and choose. That's another podcast. Um, okay, so anyway, I went over there one night when our boys were all off doing fantasy football stuff. So I got to be a part of that, and Stacy made this. Amazing meal. I mean, it was so good. And so I think a couple of us, yeah, myself included, went out like that next day and bought the stuff to make it. So I just made that last night. So if you and it's super easy. Oh, yeah. If you are not a cook but you want to invite people over, this is the best meal. My husband literally was like, This is the best thing you've ever cooked in your entire life with him, which has been I don't even know, a long time. <laughs> it's like eight, 17, 18 years, something like that. Um, and it was super easy. And um, so we can share that recipe with you so that you can say, hey, I want to have this meal with you and invite somebody over, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to savor a meal together and talk about maybe this podcast or what or something. And that kind of what you're saying like, yeah, together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that is our saver moment. You know, we end every episode with a saver moment. So we will include a link to the recipe in the show notes. And we want to encourage you to just try it, you know, and invite someone over. And I'll be honest, the way that our family, quote unquote, family dinner nights, that's what we call it, started is because we saw that there was a lack of community in this age group between people in that age group. And I was like, you know, if I feed them, they'll show up. And they do. And we have anywhere from, eight to 15 people show up on a Tuesday night for dinner. And this specific recipe is super easy, you guys. It is turkey burgers with a little bit of goat cheese and caramelized onions with a balsamic glaze with mashed sweet potatoes. So it's paleo-friendly low carb and it tastes amazing. Like I, I don't care if I eat low carbs because Jesus is the bread of life so therefore I will. I will eat your carbs, yes, <laughs> yeah, if you I don't will. want them. <laughs> and I might eat you depending on how hungry I am on certain days. But it is great and uh, it's wonderful. It actually came to me from my next-door neighbor who lived next door to me a few years ago, and she was just like, hey, I'm going to make this meal. And I was like, man, that is amazing. So we'll include that in the show notes, and we just encourage you to have that savor moment where you just have the courage to start working on community and building that community by making a meal, nothing fancy, pretty um, cost-friendly meal, and talking about what God's doing in your life. So
0: that's our hope for you. And speaking of community, I wanted to share with you guys some things that we have coming up here Um, on October 20th here at Crosstown Church. We're going to have the gathering, and what that is is that's a time for um, us women to come together, and we hear from a woman who could just kind of shares a little bit of her story or something that she's walked through to encourage us in our faith, and that's a really good time together. Um, We have mentorship sign-up that you can go and do, the details of all that will be on on our website, you can sign up on our app, you can DM us, you can um, mail us, you can... (laughs) all the ways that you can contact you can show up at my door whatever you want to do um, but we will be doing that in 2023 and we have some really exciting um, new things coming up for mentorship for 2023 so you can find out about that um, also go ahead and save the date for the encounter weekend that is our women's retreat that we get away and just get with god and get with each other that's february 9th through 11th um, that does sell out quickly because unfortunately we have very limited space at the place that we go in hilton Um, all the details of that are again are on our website there will be early bird pricing so you'll want to as soon as um, you can buy the year tickets for that and of course if you have any questions as always you can email us or message us at saver at crosstownchurch.com thanks so much ladies Thank you for being with us today here at Saver. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR, Women's Ministry, or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.